everyone, it's Simon here. Welcome to our podcast. So glad you would join us today. Um, whether you're part of our church or whether you're visiting, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to know more about Everyone Church, make sure you check our website. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Um, and we would love to answer any questions you might have. We had a bit of a different Sunday this week at In-Person Church. We had what we called our One of Everyone's Sunday. It was really geared at people who would call Everyone Church their home church. We had a bit of a look at uh, what's happening with our church, where we're at, where we're heading. Uh, and so it was kind of one of those Sundays that you had to be in the room. But I'm going to do my best to recap what we shared. And uh, hopefully it's an encouragement to you. If you weren't there, obviously we missed you and you missed out, but we still love you. Um, so uh, we really sought to answer three questions. And that is, what has happened at Everyone Church? What is going to happen? And what is happening? What has happened? What is going to happen? And what is happening? Uh, we recapped what we've done in missions this year, which was just awesome to have a look back, you know, from uh, even locally providing uh, um, 30 food boxes across, you know, helping with floods in Camden, helping with families affected by the multiple floods, helping Turning Point Camden purchase more furniture, um, providing food boxes through uh, lo- uh, one of our local chaplains that's a member of our church. Um, and also beyond locally, we've we've we funded heart screening for up to a thousand students in Vietnam. Uh, we paid for a heart surgery for a young child in Vietnam for a family who couldn't afford it. We built a home for a widow in Burundi, Africa. We've provided uh, at least 20 cataract surgeries in India. Um, so lots of really, really cool and exciting stuff. But a uh, big picture, uh, the biggest thing that's happened this year for us really is we have a church. Uh, we've got a church on our hands. You know, we are a church that met for the first time in person in February. Although we formed a little bit throughout lockdown uh, last year, things really started to uh, take shape in February. And if we look back at um, where we've come from, really, in this short amount of time, it's it's amazing. We thank God for it. Um, and we are really, really excited. You know, our volunteer teams have been forming, um, which is really important to Maria and I. We've wanted to make sure that before we add more services, that we have teams that can sustain it for the sake of health and longevity. You know, we don't want to build a church on a pile of of volunteers that we've burnt out, you know. So, and and we've seen how God is moving on people's hearts to step up and get planted and get behind what we're doing as a church, which we're really excited about. And Maria and my heart, please hear us. Like our heart is to get behind you. If you're part of our church, get behind your walk with God, your life, your family, uh, your marriage, your career. And our hope is that you wouldn't just help build the church, but you would be the church. And we want to help you live God's way wherever you are. This isn't like just the everyone church show, you know, and we thank God for leading people to us. Our heart's desire is that we would be good soil, healthy soil, safe soil for you to plant you and your family in where you'd flourish. Um, and we don't take it lightly. And we're really excited about it. You know, I was just talking to my um, really close friend, Dave, and he he was saying, he reminded me, we were just reminiscing and giving him an update of where we're at and He's like, man, it just felt like just yesterday I was speaking to him about how Maria and I were really feeling stirred to plant a church and we needed to talk to our pastors about it. And now it's like in a moment uh, we're here uh, and it's really, really exciting. We've had some good stability with church membership. Uh, church finances are still growing, but we've seen some stability there. Overall lean in from people. 
And it's, it's, it's God's work in many ways because we can't convince people enough to stay, uh, to sow in, to lean in, um, and we thank God for it. So that's a bit about what's been happening. Now, what is going to happen? That was the second question we're looking to, to uh, answer today. Well, obviously, we've got our big Christmas carols event later in the year, but next year we're moving to weekly services starting in February 5th. And we're going to continue to develop volunteer teams. We've got some gaps. Obviously, we'd love to develop a hosting team and uh, even add to our setup and pack up team. We've got a bunch of guys who are happy to do a rotation. But really, for us, we want it's not that, that just that many hands make light work, but we believe a key part of being planted, which I shared last week, is, is to contribute to your local church. And when it's home, we all get things done together, right? Uh, we're invested not just in a church, but my church, you know? Like, it's not just everyone church. Uh, my hope and my prayer is that it wouldn't just be a church to you if you're part of our church, but it will be your church. You'd, you'd have a sense of ownership. And also next year, we're looking to develop connect groups a little bit more. Uh, our connect groups have been meeting monthly, and we're looking to add more uh, meetings in between um, uh, of a smaller nature. You know, maybe it's a bunch of ladies who get a coffee, a bunch of guys who go jogging once a week, and really bringing some intentionality to those kind of get-togethers and 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 resourcing um, those groups with conversation tools, anything that can help everybody on their journey of discipleship, which is an intentional journey, right? It's not just about social groups. It's about getting together for the sake of growing spiritually. And we know God uses the people around us to help achieve His purposes within us, right? And discipleship takes place in proximity and in relationship, not just from a stage. I can't disciple you over a podcast microphone, which is quite a nice microphone with low resonant tones. But, you know, you need to engage in discipleship with those around you, right? And we're really excited about that. Also, we have huge dreams for for our Every Kid ministry to continue to grow, for uh, we have dreamed to start every youth at some point uh, in the near future. Our big Easter and Christmas outreaches next year are going to be massive. So we are a big Easter and Christmas outreach church. So if you normally go on holidays on Easter weekend and you're a, a member of our church, I encourage you to, to be around, help us out. You know, we're going to um, really take advantage. That's prime time for us. Um, we're excited about that. And... We just want to encourage anybody in our church who who feels uh, uh, led to help out, um, get in contact with us. Text me, email me. We'd love to get you involved in the team, get you um, contributing and, and helping our church move forward. Um, and we talked about some other things about like our, our church's financial support, which I won't discuss on here, but feel free to uh, call me if you want to hear details on that. The most important question we wanted to ask today and is this what is happening what is happening you know sometimes in church life we get so caught up with vision the word vision you know looking forward dreams and goals that we sometimes neglect to really read the room and look around and ask the question like what is god up to in this moment you know moments and seasons they're funny because moments can often like they just pass and we don't recognize them. We, we miss opportunities all the time. It's like in a moment, they're gone. And we're like, oh man, I wish I made more of that. Like, have you ever been in an argument with someone and and it wasn't until later you thought, oh, I should have said that, right? <laughs> and the Bible says that our life is but a breath, a, a moment. Just 
there and gone in a second, right? And I'm all for dreams and vision. Uh, we, we are. We're all for that. But let's not neglect to steward the moment. And I mean, as Christians, let's just be honest, we have a vision already. We have a vision from Christ, and that is to go and make disciples, to to love. We have a God to love and worship and, and know personally. And if, if you need my like corporate speak vision talk to pump you up to be part of our church, um, then you might have missed the point, to be honest. Uh, and I believe right now, though, as a church, we are in a God moment. We're in a moment right now. And it doesn't take much faith to look around and see that God is really up to something with our church. Uh, And so let's go to scripture for a moment in Matthew 25, and let's really come around uh, some, some thoughts from the words of Jesus. In Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, and he tells this parable, a a metaphoric story about um, a servant and uh, some workers who he, he entrusts an investment to. Let's read it in Matthew 25, verse 14 to 29. It's a bit of a lengthy scripture, but bear with me. Let's read it together. Here we go. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant who had two bags of silver went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Verse 19. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22, the servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful when handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why wouldn't you deposit my money in the bank and at least I could have gotten some interest on it? Verse 28, Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. And this is the key verse in verse 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But to those who do nothing... Even what little they have will be taken away. All right, so long scripture, interesting story. These three men are given money from their master according to their ability, which I think is an interesting point. Now, although this story uses the word money, uh, and some translations use the word talents or bags of silver, uh, we we also we know that the 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 money or the bags of silver are a representation of the gifts and abilities that God gives us. 
Or you could even say a representation of the deposit of the gospel in us. Uh, And this is the truth. You need to hear this. Is God has deposited from himself into your life today, according to your ability. Meaning, God doesn't expect from you what he has deposited in me. And God doesn't expect from me what he's deposited in you. In other words, God is not looking for the best. He's looking for your best. It's not up to you to try and be someone else's best. No, you. God has deposited in you and you need to be faithful with it. So the two servants, two of three, did their best. But the third, in fear and worry, buries what they were given in the earth, it says. And the fault of the third servant was that he did not recognize his master's intention and purpose for what he was given. It's like he missed the moment, right? Uh, he missed the whole point of why he was being given an investment. He didn't realize that his master wanted a return on what he was given. And instead of serving his master, he opted for safety. And in hoping to avoid doing anything wrong, he finished up by doing nothing right. And the master's response to the first servants were, were uh, well done, good and faithful servants, which is a phrase that Jesus uses another time in the Gospels, and it's a very important phrase, a phrase that we want to hear when we enter heaven one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. And he says, you can, you, if you can be trusted with little, now you can be trusted with much. And it's funny how the third servant tries to like sound noble in his reasoning. He's like, oh, but hey, you know, uh, you, I knew you were, you were a, an angry man. I knew, you know, he kind of justifies himself, but he was just masking the fact that he was lazy and worried. And that's the, the point here is, is, you know, this master knew that. He said, you wicked and lazy servant, right? Now, what gifts has God placed in you today? What gifts and talents and callings has he deposited into your life? What has God placed in you today? What what have you buried out of fear and worry and laziness even? And what are you trying to sound noble in avoiding? <laughs> um, you know, oh, you know, we, we've we've met people in our church planning journey. Oh, you know, I used to go to church, and uh, this happened, and you know, and you know, it's like they all have reasons of why they're not doing anything for God. Like, have you missed the purpose of what God has given you? Now, back to us as a church. Uh, as I read the, uh, as I read these scriptures, I think about us as a church, and I think about how we have been given something really special in this moment—a talent, you could say, a deposit from heaven. And I don't want to miss the moment. And I'm thinking about all that God wants to do in our community. And in some ways, it hangs upon moments like these. God, you know, he isn't asking us to be someone or something else. He's given us something special according to our ability as a church. And I believe this is a moment for for our church, a moment where we can decide to give our best for God, a moment where we can decide to take what God has given us and steward the moment. I want God to be able to say of our church, you were faithful with little, now I can trust you with much more. You were faithful with one heart surgery, now I can trust you with 10. You were faithful with four widows' homes, now I can trust you with 40, right? You were faithful while meeting in an upper room of a go-kart track, now I can trust you with 
more. But it all starts with moments like this. Like, do you ever look back on seasons of your life and think, man, what could have been? Now, I don't want us to live uh, dwelling on regret, but we do need to be honest sometimes and learn from the past. Like, maybe we could have done better. Maybe we, you know, there were times where we let our passion grow cold or let our offense uproot us. And the good thing is God, by His grace, gives us more than one opportunity, amen, which we're very thankful for. And there is, I think it's so important for us to recognize and steward the moment. And I think another important question to ask, which I know I said I was going to answer three questions, but I've got one more sneaky one, and that is this. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Let me tell you why. Because God loves you. And God loves our community, and He wants the church, He wants the church to rise up. Not just everyone church, but all the churches across our region to rise up. God loves our neighbors. God loves our city. God loves the schools in our region. God loves the, every workplace in our region. God even loves our enemies. So for His glory, let's steward this moment really, really well. That's a summary of what we shared on Sunday, and I, and I wish you were in the room, because it was a beautiful moment together at church. But for now, maybe just take these thoughts and maybe prayerfully consider them. Hey, I believe many people have been brought to our church for just this season, this moment, and let's steward it well. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for everyone, church. I thank you for what has happened. We give you praise for it. I thank you for what is going to happen, but I thank you for this moment for what is happening right now. And I ask that you would help us steward this well. Lord, help us not be worried and fearful and burying what you've given us, but help us take what you have given us and see the privilege of being able to steward what you're doing. Help us walk in step with what you would want to do. And we give you all the praise and glory. It's for you. It's to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, have a blessed week. And we hope to see you next week for online church and in the coming weeks. And don't forget to check our website for details on carols in the park. Get involved, lean in, and let's continue the journey together. See you later.